Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about what makes an analytics guy. And you can't see it, but I just did air quotes on that because, you know, this happens a lot to me where a player like Christian Wood gets signed by the Lakers. And just in passing, people obviously know I work at Basketball Index, so they'll be like, oh, oh, Christian Wood, he's an analytics guy. You must like him. And I started wondering what makes a player an analytics guy, right? Analytics darling is a phrase I like to use. And what makes a player, how do I phrase this? Why do people think that a player is an analytics guy, right? So I got to thinking about it and I think I came up with a few things, right? Where I think people think an analytics player is someone that shoots a lot of three-pointers. I think that would probably be the easiest way to categorize what people think an analytics uh, type player might be because you know we've seen the three-point revolution over I don't know, the last decade-ish and that makes a lot of sense, right? I think on top of that, having like a stretch big, right? Specifically big guys. I think three-pointing all, like, all around, but if you have like a four or a five that stretches it, I think that automatically categorizes itself as an analytics guy because, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like you're getting more offensive punch probably out of your lineups if your bigs can space. If they can hit the three at like a pretty decent clip at a, like above average or average rate, like 36 37%. That is really valuable. And Christian Wood is that. So I could understand why somebody would think that. But I think what makes an analytics player has changed over the years because analytics has gotten better, right? Because before we were pretty much trying to figure things out from the box score and we were trying to add up different box score stats. We were trying to use things as proxies and we were trying to figure it out from there. Now, the data sources have changed. There's things like tracking data and it's basically made our information a lot smarter. So, you know, all-in-ones have been a really big thing over the last, again, like five or 10 years. And, you know, they've gotten pretty popular. They get cited on talk shows, things like that, radio shows every once in a while, podcasts. Obviously, we talk about LeBron a lot here. And I think defense has become a big factor in terms of like what's an analytics guy because really what what advanced stats are trying to do is quickly ballpark things right it's just very very quickly is this guy really good at offense somewhere in the middle or really bad and then same for defense is this guy like tearing it up decent or really bad and then from there you can use more stats to figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are and then you figure out you know what would make a good lineup what combinations of players work what from a team span standpoint does uh you know do they need to add where it's like does this team not have anyone that can guard on ball or does this team have no rim protection or things like that so you use the advanced stats to figure out what you need but i think that's the most basic way i think really strong singular skills are something that pops in analytics a lot right because like i chart I, I i tweet out whatever 10 charts a day on the basketball index twitter and if there's one guy far and away from everybody else those are the ones that tend to pop that get shared the most that get people most excited that get people debating the most and i think being really really good at a singular skill can make you an analytics guy for better or for worse, right? Whatever that might mean in your conversation, whether people like it or they don't like it, whatever it is. 
And I was thinking, you know, what what else makes an analyst guy? So right, there's the there's the perception of it, which I think three point shooting, stretch bigs, things like that. And then there's the what actually makes someone valuable. And in in my estimation, right, I guess I shouldn't talk for everybody, but for me, and I think generally, popping in a stat like being the best player in the league at maybe like a semi obscure stat that will garner some attention right in the analytics community because it's like, whoa, this guy's like jumping off the page here in this spreadsheet or this chart or whatever it may be. Uh, another thing, I I think that on-off data, right, is another way to really be an analytics guy, right? Where if you're affecting the team, I mean, net on offense and defense positively, that's a good sign. Uh, but more importantly, I think we zoom in more on finding value in role players, right? Because like we all can kind of agree on the top 20-ish players, 20, 30-ish players, right? We're not going to have them in the same order, but we're going to be like, these guys are mostly the best players in the league. We're going to agree on probably 75 to 80% of those guys. And that's great. But what separates it is the role players. And I think anytime you have guys that are really, really strong with their on-off numbers on offense and defense or offense or defense, that's where you get players that really pop because that's where the value is, right? That's the undiscovered value because the whole reason we're digging through all these stats is we're trying to figure out what is undervalued because that's like really the basis of what analytics or advanced stats are trying to do. You're looking for an advantage somewhere. And if you can find a little nugget of data that could be useful in real life, right? that is important and that's where you gain the advantage as a team or uh, uh, as an agent or whatever it may be as or just you know a content creator whatever it is and i think the the number one thing where i think like three-point shooting does matter right that's a really sought after skill uh being really good at singular things do matter but i think the most important thing is popping in on off numbers because that's where you can really find a lot of value that it's weird. So I was thinking about this. I came to this conclusion, right? And I was like, oh, on-off data is really important. And then here at Basketball Index, we have luck adjusted on-off data. So like basically, if you sit down and the team on the court misses all their free throws, and then when you get on the court, they make all their free throws, right? That can throw off your your on-off numbers. So the luck adjustments try to help with that. They look at like career norms for players and adjust accordingly. So uh, the, the luck adjusted numbers help a little bit. They help throw out a little bit of the crazy data, but a player like Austin Reeves has crazy on off data on offense. He is like among the tops in the league where it's like, is he the best offensive player in the league? No, but he doesn't really take things off the table. He's pretty good on ball. He's pretty good off ball. He can space it. He's a good ball mover. Like he's just good at a lot of the things that you want someone to be on offense, right? Another guy like Harrison Barnes, he would be a, he's a stretch four now in the league before he was like maybe more of a tweener 10 years ago, but the league has changed. Josh Hart is another guy. He rebounds really well. That helps his, you know, on off numbers on offense, the offensive rebounding from the guard position helps boost things offensively, right? So there's just some players that come to mind where it's like, these players help your team specifically right here on offense, right? With the on off numbers while not being star players, while not averaging 25 points a game. And yes, like they're playing with good teammates and that's important, but 
an important part of analytics is finding those players that are going to help elevate teammates or, you know, help you squeak out another point per possession or whatever for your offense. So all that in conclusion, I was like, that's weird that I think the core of what an analytics player is, is having a useful skill set, having a a skill set that's well-defined and then affecting your team positively when they're in the game. Like there just frankly aren't a lot of players that have really bad on-off numbers that people in analytics really love. Like there's just not. I'm going to scroll through really quickly, see if I can like find a name. Yeah, no, they're again, they're just that it's it's a part of your all-in-one, right? So that is important. It's going to boost your all-in-one numbers. So like if you look at all-in-ones to ballpark what you're looking at and on-off data is a big component of that, it's going to naturally lead you, I would argue, in the right direction, right? Because I just don't think there's a lot of players that are really, really good and their teams are worse when they're on the court always over the course of years in really large samples. Like it just doesn't really make sense, right? So what that really all the way draws me to conclusion wise is the divide between, you know, we'll call it the real hoopers versus the analytics guys, right? And the real hoopers are like, well, I just like guys that win, right? I like guys that can make shots. I like guys that can do difficult things. And all that makes sense. And I think I am in agreement with wanting your players to be good at that. And then the analytics argument is, okay, well, let's just quantify it. Like we have on-off numbers, right? We have luck-adjusted on-off numbers here at Basketball Index. So let's just quantify that because we agree we have shot-making, a stat that adjusts for difficulty. And then we have our luck-adjusted on-off numbers where like if these guys that are hooping are good, like your team's going to be better while they play for the most part, again, in large samples over the course of years because – That's how being good at basketball works. And I actually think there is a lot of overlap in terms of the players that the quote unquote real hoopers and analytics guys like. And I think at the heart of it, they have similar criteria for what they're looking for. It's just one is a little bit more on feel, right? Like you watch the game and you're like, "Mm, this guy seems pretty good. This guy seems to be controlling the game. This guy seems to be dominating. This guy seems to be difficult to stop, right? And then the analytics side of it is like, whoa, this guy's on off numbers are crazy. This guy's really popping. This guy is doing a lot of damage <laughs> with numbers. <laughs> and then when I you know sort by role players or off-ball players, it's like, oh, these guys are helping to contribute or they are kind of greasing the wheels of the offense. That, that extra shooter out there or that guy getting an extra possession from an offensive rebound is really helping to inflate the offense. So that's valuable. So I actually think the quote-unquote what makes an analytics guy? I think there is a criteria for it, but I actually think we're all looking for similar things. We just label them differently. And here's the thing. I think the the real root of this issue, the divide between different types of fans of basketball is largely made up. And it's mostly made up by people in legacy media, right? Where if you're on an arguing show in the morning where you just have to argue for hours, you need to like say that someone's wrong, right? Somebody has to be wrong about something. 
And it's not to say analytics are perfect or, you know, they, they, you know, LeBron one to 100 is that's how you should order all the players. Again, they're ballpark estimates. They're very, very useful. But I think most of the divide comes from content creators and legacy media people, frankly, not really wanting to do research because I worked, I think I've talked about this on the show. I worked in sports radio for five years in, here in San Diego and there were people that covered the games that did not watch them. They just did not watch the games or they watched you know, maybe the last three innings of a Padres game or they were at a party where the Charger game was on, but they did not. They definitely didn't watch tape. A couple did, but majority of them did not. It was about having big opinions and being uh, filled with mock anger right? Or blaming someone or throwing a player under the bus because it was just frankly easier, right? The more research you have to do, and I think this is getting better across the board. I feel like I've seen a lot of content creators in the last five plus years use, I think analytics are helpful, right? But then also like they'll do it like in their YouTube videos, they'll show a bunch of clips of players or there'll be great threads that highlight a player's strengths and weaknesses, so, you know, like in draft uh, eligible players, things like that. So I'm not trying to say everyone in media is bad, right? But we all know, like if you're on an argument show, you're you're not really trying to find common ground. You're trying to blame someone and you're trying to say something is wrong. Someone's an idiot. Someone's doing something wrong, right? But the problem is, is those people have really large audiences. These people that are trying to make up answers and make up stats to prove some point or whatever it is, they're the problem. They're da, 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 da. And it's all about like kind of making people kind of fight where like, I think I've told this story where somebody I was at work and someone walked by and they were talking to me about basketball because he, they were, they had just come in from the gym. They were playing basketball and he, he mentioned a player to his friend and I chimed in the conversation. And then I mentioned a stat and he was like, Oh, analytics. You got, all you guys do is, is look at stats. You don't even watch the game. And then I move my computer monitor over. And I think I was just like watching Jared Allen offensive plays, right? Just like a huge playlist. Cause I was like, uh, I like Jared Allen. I would like to uh, know more about him. He seems to impact the game positively on offense and defense. When I watch him play, like, let me dig into like what makes him good. What makes him tick. And that was one of my favorite arguments where I, I could have just been like, well, he, he was a kid, he was a teenager, and I could have uh, um, made him feel small, I guess, and I could have given lots of reasons to why I was right and he was wrong. But it was like, why would I feed into this argument of people that play and like basketball versus people that like stats, where I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I, you know, X, Y, and Z think this player is good and this is the evidence I have. And I've also like watched him play and I really like these things he does. And it was hard because my initial thought was like, I'm about to own this kid. And then like I thought about it for a second. And I was like, well, he's 15. So like maybe don't do that because you're an adult. <laughs> but uh, I definitely think there is, you know, ooh, this guy's an analytics player. And then I think that kind of evolves into this weird argument space where it's like this guy's either a pure basketball player or an analytics darling and they can't be both and you got to pick a side. And I'm like, nah, no, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. I would like to just enjoy basketball players that are good. And if we debate, I would like to have evidence on both sides of why we think a player is worse or better than 
whatever the argument is. So uh, I'll get off the soapbox, but uh, I wanted to talk about what makes an analytics guy. And I think skill set being extremely good at one or two or three skills for like a role player. And then the biggest thing is on off data where it's like, if your team's better when you're on the court, probably going to be an analytics guy right over the course of multiple seasons. So that was my, uh, my, I guess, sort of rant. I got a little ranty there. I haven't ranted in a while on the show. But uh, yeah, that is what makes an analytics guy. Well, if you want to talk to me on Twitter at Taylor Metrics, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index podcast. <laughs>